and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by Scholastic, maker of amazing kids' books, including the Nat Enough series by Maria Scrivan. The fourth installment of Nat Enough, titled Nat for Nothing, is out now, and I know you'll love it. Readers follow Natalie through her daily life as she experiences self-doubt and thoughts of just not being enough in middle school. And we see how Natalie's friends and her sense of humor help to keep her on track. In Nat for Nothing, they introduce all these after-school clubs at Natalie's school, and she finds it difficult to deal with her friends being in clubs that she doesn't want to be in, while also trying to figure out what her thing is going to be. The author, Maria Scrivan, draws on events from her own life in middle school to craft some authentic and relatable storylines. My kids both read the book and they loved it. I read it as well, and it reminded me of other graphic novels like Babysitter's Club and Smile, with the readability and humor of a Big Nate. Not for Nothing is an essential addition to your kid's library and will be a book they read over and over and over. Click the link in the show notes to get your copy of Nat for Nothing today. Now let's get on to some shout-outs. Mary Jane has been listening for years, and she had a birthday earlier this month. Mary Jane, I hope for your birthday you got a treehouse that can turn into a spaceship and a pet dog that can turn into a pet cat and bracelets that give you freeze powers and a big bucket of goofballs. If you were a character in the stories, I think you'd be the captain of the Sea Rats, a group of good pirates who enlist rat pirates into your crew. Thanks for listening, Mary Jane. And Connor and Molly B. from Lakewood, California are big fans of the show. So glad you're enjoying the stories. I think if you two were characters on the podcast, you would own a food stall called Sandwich Stars, where you make delicious sandwiches, but then at night you're ninjas and you use the sandwiches as ninja stars to keep the streets safe from baddies. Thanks for listening, you two. Today's story was created with the help of Jackson, Reed, and Harvey. Their ideas helped to create a truly unique story that I know you will love. Thanks for all your great ideas, Jackson, Reed, and Harvey. Today's story is titled, Evil Robots Attack! Robots have taken over the United States. Armies of bots march across the country, taking control of power stations and crushing the human resistance. Three brothers come together to lead the rebellion against the evil robot army. A town in the United States prepares for the oncoming squad of robots marching their way. The citizens of this town gather in the town hall to discuss their options. We've been keeping an eye on the marching bots from afar, and we know two things, the mayor began. They're headed straight for us, and there are hundreds of them. A murmur passed through the crowd of people. Should we leave? A voice called up from the crowd. And go where? There are bots marching all over the country, someone answered. Well, do we stay and fight? asked someone else. There's too many of them, answered another. There was a pause now while people considered their options, or rather, their lack of options. An old man stepped forward. We need to visit the springs, he said in his old man voice. It's the only way. The crowd around this old man seemed embarrassed and a little annoyed. Ah, oh, come on, you know that's an old fable. There's no truth to it, the mayor said. We need a real solution that... I'd go myself, but I'm too old, the old man interrupted. 
I have a map that shows exactly where it is. We only need some volunteers to visit the springs and receive the magical powers within. Jackson, Reed, and Harvey sat at the back of the meeting hall. The three brothers considered all of their options as well. Of all the people in the meeting hall, which was mostly just a bunch of grown-ups, these three were the most likely to believe in the old man's story. It was a story everyone in town had heard. Supposedly, somewhere in the forest, near town, there was a small spring, a little pool of water, fed by a larger underground source of water, and this pool of water was said to give powers to whoever drank from it. No one knew where the pool of water was, and no one had ever stumbled across it out in the woods. All through the years, for as long as anyone could remember, this old man in town always said he had a map to its whereabouts, and he would share it when the time was right. No one really believed him, and most people never gave it a second thought. But now, as Jackson, Reed, and Harvey listened, they began to think that perhaps this old man was right. Maybe there was something out there in the forest that could help them. The crowd began to murmur again as everyone discussed what they were going to do. Some said they'd stay and try to hide from the bots. Some said they were going to leave and stay with family elsewhere. We'll go, Jackson said loud enough for everyone to hear. He looked at his brothers and they nodded. Go where? asked the mayor, having already forgotten the ramblings of the old man. We'll go to the spring in the forest, repeated Jackson. You're just kids, and the magic springs is just a myth. Everyone knows that, said the mayor. Let them go, someone from the audience suggested. They'll probably be safer hiding in the forest than they would be here in town. A chattering of agreement rose from the crowd, and the grown-ups all continued talking about their plans for the oncoming robot attack. The old man hobbled over to Jackson, Reed, and Harvey. He pulled a tattered map from his coat and handed it to them. Be quick, he said. The robots will be here soon, and I think you'll be our only hope. Reed took the map, and the other two looked over his shoulder. They knew the forest well enough from hiking and playing there, but they didn't know about the secrets drawn on this map. No one did. Reed looked up to ask the old man where he got it, but he was gone. A secret entrance, huh? said Harvey, pointing to the map. We've played around that big rock before, and I've never noticed a secret entrance. That's why they call it a secret entrance, said Jackson. If everyone could see it, they'd just call it an entrance. Well, let's get going then, said Harvey. Reed folded up the map, and the brothers got on their bikes and began riding out of town into the forest. The map featured the forest that was near town, and in the middle of the forest was a giant rock sticking up from the ground. Everyone knew it. It was not quite a mountain, but a rock so big it was visible above the trees. According to the old man's map, there was a secret entrance to enter the massive stone, and inside was this magical spring. The brothers rode their bikes to the stone and looked all around to find the secret entrance. Jackson, Reed, and Harvey all wondered now if the old man was telling the truth. They wondered what they would do if there was no magical pool of water. Would they stay here in the forest and hide? They had been here countless times before, with family or friends for a day out. 
The stone was a popular meeting place and picnic spot for people who lived in the area. And as they slowly examined the base of the stone, where the rock met the soil, they noticed something. A perfectly round part of the stone that was lighter in color than the rest of the rock. It's like a button, said Jackson, just like it says on the map. So do we push it? asked Reed. I think that's the idea, said Jackson. And he reached out and pressed this strange circle in the stone. Amazingly, the little circle pushed into the stone just like a button, and there was a loud click. A deep rumbling sound came from the stone, and a rectangular doorway appeared and slid open. Each of the brothers reached into their backpacks and got their flashlights out. The space inside the rock was pitch black, and before them was a spiral staircase cut right out of the stone. In fact, it appeared as though this entire stone was hollow, and it extended very deep underground. The boys shined their flashlights down into the darkness and couldn't see the bottom. The stone staircase spiraled into the earth, and the brothers descended down, down, down. They stepped onto the dirt floor at the bottom of the stairs and looked around. Their flashlights shone onto the surface of a small pool of water. Bubbles floated up from some place even deeper under the pool, popping on the surface and creating gentle ripples. Jackson, Reed, and Harvey looked all around with their flashlights, shining light on the rock wall all around them. There was nothing else here. A completely empty space with a pool of water in the middle and a staircase off to the side. Okay, so this is obviously the place, said Jackson. What do we do now? We drink the water, said Reed, kneeling down at the water's edge and shining his light on it. Reed pulled a clear water bottle out of his backpack and dunked it into the pool, letting it fill up with water. He held the full bottle up in front of his brothers and they shined their lights into it. There wasn't much dirt, no little fishies, no bugs, it looked like regular water. I don't generally drink from ponds, though, you know, said Reed. Yeah, but we came here to drink from the magic spring, didn't we? said Harvey. Yeah, I guess, but I wasn't actually thinking about drinking from it, you know, said Reed. And part of me didn't even think this place was real. Jackson and Harvey felt the same way. This was all happening so fast. None of us knew what to expect, said Jackson. But there really was a secret entrance to a giant hollow stone and a staircase leading down to a pool of water, so that makes me think that maybe all this is for real and the pool is magical somehow. Yeah, I mean, who hides a regular old pool of water inside of a massive stone with a hidden door carved into it, said Reed. He thought for a moment, gazing into the water in his water bottle, and in one swift motion he took a big swig of the water. It did not taste good. How do you feel? asked Jackson. Weird, said Reed. He couldn't quite explain it. He felt movement inside of his body, like his insides were slopping around and shifting. It didn't hurt, but it certainly felt strange. Jackson and Harvey looked at him curiously, waiting for something to happen. All the old stories and folklore just said that drinking water from the pool would give you powers or abilities but it didn't get into specifics about what kind or how that would all look. 
Reed looked down at his body and hands and then back up to his brothers, and Jackson and Harvey jumped back. Dude, stop! What are you doing? Jackson yelled. Nothing, said Reed. What are you talking about? You're me! You turned into me! You look just like me! Jackson yelled. No, I didn't, said Reed. He looked to Harvey and noticed a shocked look on his face as well. Harvey nodded slightly as if to confirm his transformation. I turned into you? said Reed. My power is that I turn into you? Oh, that's the worst. He then turned to Harvey to ask him if he brought his mirror, but before the words left his mouth, Jackson and Harvey again stumbled backward. What are you doing, Reed? said Harvey. Stop it! Stop what? I'm not doing anything, Reed yelled. He was pretty confused and annoyed at not knowing what was going on. You're me now, Reed, said Harvey. Why did you turn into me? Then Reed understood. He was changing his appearance, somehow transforming into the things he was seeing. So he thought of something else. A tree. A little tree. And he became that tree. Harvey and Jackson were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Then he thought of a dog he knew from around town. He focused on a mental image of a dog, and this time his vision changed. His perspective dropped near to the ground as his body shrunk, and he saw the world around him from the height of a dog. Then he thought of a beast, a monster from a book he had been reading. He grew to over ten feet tall and was covered in hair and grew horns on his head and sharp fangs stuck out from between his lips. Harvey threw his flashlight at Reed and hid behind Jackson, and Jackson yelled, Stop! Guys, it's me, said Reed in his monster voice. I can shapeshift. Harvey slowly came out from behind Jackson and walked right up to Reed's awful monster body. Harvey sniffed the air and said, You smell so bad right now, dude. Yeah, Monster Reed needs a bath, said Jackson. Reed shrunk back down to kid size and smelled much better. Jackson took the water bottle from Reed and took a big swig. He too felt strange, and they all waited for his power to present itself. Jackson felt like everything else around him slowed down. His brother's movements became so slow, even their blinking seemed to take five or six seconds. He looked to the pool of water and the ripples were slow as well, like the whole world around him was in slow motion. A moment later, everything seemed to go back to normal. Well, what happened? asked Harvey. Nothing happened, said Reed. I is it working yet? Jackson had a hunch. I'm going to throw this coin to you and you see if you can catch it. He took a coin from his pocket and flipped it up into the air to Reed. The ting sound rang out and the coin flipped overhead. Normally, Reed would just reach up and grab the coin from the air. It was coming right for him. Reed followed the coin with his eyes and reached up to grab it. Jackson focused on himself in space and time and Reed suddenly seemed to move at a snail's pace. Jackson ran forward and jumped up, grabbing the coin right out of the air. He walked by Harvey and Reed, who were still focused on the coin. Then Jackson deactivated his powers and time went back to normal. Reed realized he was reaching up into the air for a coin that was no longer there. 
Harvey noticed that Jackson was no longer in front of them. He spun around and said to Jackson, How'd you do that? You were just right there, and now you're right here. I can slow down time, Jackson said with a smile, showing the coin to Harvey and Reed. Whoa, said Harvey. He grabbed the water bottle and took his turn, gulping down some magic water. Again, the brothers waited, and Harvey felt funny. In an instant, Harvey's human body transformed into a shark. A huge shark with a mouth full of teeth. Unfortunately, it had caudal fins and not feet, so Harvey flopped to the ground with a thud. I'm a shark, Harvey yelled, pretty excited to be a shark. You're a shark, yelled Jackson. Can you breathe? Should we roll you into the pool of water? Harvey took a deep breath. Uh, yeah, I can breathe, he said. But I can't stand up. All I can do is just flop around. Reed and Jackson approached Harvey the shark, but couldn't do much to help. His shark body was thousands of pounds, far too heavy to move. Can you change just your top half to a shark? asked Jackson. So, so you have human legs? Harvey focused on his body and his new power, and in a flash, his fins became feet, and he stood up on his two human legs. It took him a moment to get his balance, since his top half was so much heavier than his bottom half, but soon he figured it out and was even able to reveal his human arms as well. Whoa, said Reed. Your shark head is massive, dude. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? said Harvey, imagining himself chomping through hordes of battle bots. So now what? The brothers had been caught up in this mysterious magical pool of water and exploring their new powers. They had not considered actually fighting this oncoming wave of bots expected to reach their town any minute. Well, I guess we go fight the robots then, said Jackson. I, I can freeze time and read you can become that awful monster and Harvey you can, I guess, bite him in half with your shark head. Reed and Harvey nodded in agreement and they walked back up the spiral stone staircase and back out into the forest. They climbed on their bikes and began pedaling back into town, brainstorming the best way to take on an entire squad of BattleBots. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidsstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidsstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios. <laughs>